Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, we're into joy. What's the difference? Joy depends Not on our circumstances, but joy depends on God. What he's promised to do and what he is doing in our life. Joy is a deep settled confidence that God is in control of every aspect of our life. In other words, it doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter about the circumstances. could be horrible, but we know God will come through because we have history with him. Many people equate the words happiness and joy because that's what we've been conditioned to do. Because in our language, we have many words that mean roughly the same thing. We don't give this one a second thought either. The Bible, however, makes a strong distinction between happiness and joy. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the differences and why having joy is better than simply being happy. We'll learn about the weakness of happiness, which is based on circumstances. We will also be told what biblical joy, which is based on the faithfulness of God, is, and how to get to that place in our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 1 of his message, Thanks for the Memories. Everyone needs a Bible. So just raise your hand. If you're in the commons, if you're in the overflow area here in Melbourne, just raise your hand. Every single person needs a Bible. And you can turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. You'll see where that is right there. Guys are doing a great job right there. Kind of the middle of the New Testament. Philippians. Just keep your hand up. As I said, it's no good if you're sitting with 12 people and one person has a Bible. You can't read their Bible. Get your own Bible. We have plenty. Philippians chapter 1. Now we're going to take a little trip down memory lane today. And I want you to see on the overhead, see if anybody remembers who this is. Now, if you're under 30, you don't have a clue. Some guy with a big nose. I know that. But who is this? Jimmy Durante. Now, when Jimmy closed his radio program and his TV program, he always closed with these words. Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. We never could figure out what that meant. He never told anybody, and it came out after he died. Mrs. Calabash referred to his first wife who had died. Calabash was the name of a Chicago suburb that they both really liked. 
So what was Jimmy Durante doing every single show? He was remembering good times with his wife. What do you think of when you hear these words? Thanks for the memories. Bob, Bob Hope. Thanks for the memory. What comes to your mind this morning? Memories. Some of you have had this experience. A friend of yours invites you over for dinner. I mean, you have dinner and been a good evening. But it's going to change. Because they get their vacation videos out <laughs> to show you. They have great memories. And about 11 o'clock, you're going, another one? How many been there? Come on, yeah, you're, uh, you know, you ask now when you go over, is this just dinner or is this a memory lane for a five years of where you've been? Some of the rest of you, you have great memories. You have them in photo albums, but you haven't looked at them forever. Whew. They're there. Well, we want to make it alive today. We want to make memories, and we're going to talk about memories that Paul had. But I'm going to challenge you about the memories that you have made as well. So we're going to journey back, and Paul is, to how this little church in Greece, Philippi, got started. And we're going to look at the importance of memories, but then the importance of making memories today. Philippians chapter 1. This letter from Paul to the church at Philippi was all about one thing, joy. Interestingly enough, Paul was in prison, chained to Roman guards, but his letter was about joy. We also learned the difference between happiness and joy. Well, what is happiness? Happiness depends on the circumstances of life. Easy for you to remember it because happy, hap, 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 happenstances. What's happening in your life? That's where happiness comes from. So if good things are taking place, we're happy. Joy is very different. By the way, we're into happiness here. Are you? Three of you. I'm a pharmacist from the old days. I'll get you some IV antidepressants right this morning. Just give you a dose. No, we're into happiness here. Am I right? Yeah. Sure you are. You love being happy. Well, we're into joy. What's the difference? Joy depends not on our circumstances, but joy depends on God. What he's promised to do and what he is doing in our life. Joy is a deep, settled confidence that God is in control of every aspect of our life. In other words, it doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter about the circumstances. It could be horrible, but we know God will come through because we have history with him. As we begin chapter 1, notice what Paul says, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints... In Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons. 
Paul starts the letter different than we do a letter. When we send a letter, of course, nobody sends a letter anymore. Everything's email. When we used to send a letter, you put your name at the end of it. Paul always in the letter started out telling you who it was, just like her email is. You say, who is it from? Good, I'm not going to read it, or I will read it. We know up front. Paul's writing. Notice he doesn't start with a glowing thing. Paul, the great apostle who started the churches all. He doesn't do that at all. He just says, I'm a servant. I'm a slave. God's my boss, and I'm serving. And then he identifies who this letter is to be to. And there's one big group and then a ministry group out of that. Notice right there in that verse what he says. To all the saints. Now, depending on where you came from and your background religiously, that word saint may have lots of meanings. Specifically, if you came from the Catholic background, that word saint relates to People who have died and are really, really, really special people. And then they're put there for you to pray to and to honor. But I want you to notice why that is not correct. Look what Paul says. To all the saints in small s. In other words, what does that word saint mean? Well, the original meaning means Holy. The Greek word is hagios, which means holy or set apart from sin to be a servant of Jesus. And the New Living Translation says it like this. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus. So if I was writing this letter to you, how many of you would be saints this morning? How many? How many do you think? Every person that's a Christ follower is a saint. Unlike baseball and football and golf and whatever, there's no hall of fame. There's no Christian hall of fame where certain like people are really, really special. So they're put up here. There's no special people. There's no special categories. Why? Because we all came to Christ the same way. We came to Christ through faith in God's grace. So in the New Testament... And this is the correct way it's supposed to work. By the way, this came way before any church, any denomination came up with their own hall of fame or saints or whatever. And of course, we never pray to people ever. You only pray to God. And of course, we understand then that in all the New Testament, every person that was a Christ follower, they were just simply called saints in those days. And then Paul mentions some others. Look at there. He mentions overseers and deacons. Now, they were saints. They were part of the body. Why does he mention overseers? The word overseer simply means elder, bishop. All of those words are the same thing. They're the leaders along with the servants. They're the leaders of the church. Now, why is that important? Well, that's because Paul is writing back 11 years from the day that he started the church. So it tells me this church is growing. Why? Because it had to have leaders. So if you're going to have to have a church... You have to have people, but you have to have gifted people who are serving in lots of areas, and then you have to have leaders. And these leaders were the, basically, were the elders and the pastors and the overseers and the bishops, depending on what kind of church you came from. doesn't matter. There is leadership, and that's what Paul's doing. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something that you've probably never done. In a moment, I want you to turn and introduce yourself to your neighbor, and I want you to say it like this. Good morning. I'm St. Mark. 
And not my name. You got to use your name. So everybody on all campus, go ahead. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Turn your neighbor. Come on. Come on. (laughs) How many like the sound of that baby? How many like the sound of that baby? Pretty good, eh? Try it at work tomorrow. See what happens. Don't take your bracelet off before you do that, would you? Well, see, in those days, that would be common. It's not a big deal. Our day, it's funky. So Paul knows how to balance it. Look at that first part of that verse again. Paul and Timothy, what's the next word? Servants. Servants of Jesus Christ. So Paul says, don't get a fat head. I'm a servant, and I'm just writing to you, by the way, Every Christian is really a servant. So now I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to introduce yourself like this. I'm servant, Mark. Come on, go for it right now. How many like saint better than servants? Come on, be honest. Yeah, doesn't matter. Here's the first thing you want to write this morning. All... Christ followers are saints, but really servants of God. See, our boss is God. That's how we operate. doesn't matter if you're gifted to be the pastor, the senior pastor, the parking lot guy, the, the first impressions, the music, the video, the sound, the kids. It doesn't matter. We're simply all saints because we're separated followers of Christ, but really our function is to serve people. And we call here in this church, if you're in leadership, if you're an elder in that area, that role, those people that serve you, it's servant leadership. That's all it is. We're not special. We're exactly the same. The Bible says in Isaiah 65, 14, my servants will sing for joy. So it doesn't matter how you're serving. You just want to bring Joy to your heart by serving. Let me challenge you with something. When Jesus came to this earth, he was our role model. And he came saying this. I've come not to be served, but to serve. That's our role model. Jesus, the son of God said, I didn't come here to have you serve me. But I came here to serve you. We have thousands of people that are serving. Thank you so much. You make the place happen. No way we could hire all of these functions being done and all the different talents and gifts and whatever that you have to make it happen. Thank you so much. But I do want to also say this. There's thousands of you that are doing nothing. And here's what you'll discover. Until you begin serving you will not have the joy of the Lord. I'm sorry. I'm telling you. You can have happiness, and that will go like this. Next thing you want to write is this. Serving God brings joy. Because, see, if you're not serving with your gift, then what you're doing is serving you. And selfishness will destroy you. Because it's all about you. And it is not all about you. It's serving others and God that brings us joy. So I want to challenge you. 
Again, tonight, we have an orientation here in Melbourne. Get there, figure out how that's going to function in your life. That is the key to joy. Now, look at verse 3. Paul says, I thank my God, personal, every time I remember you. In the New Living Translation, it says it like this. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. So Paul, in that prison, is enjoying happy and joyful memories from 11 years ago when the church was founded at Philippi. Take a moment, just for fun. Go back to 1999. Just take a little memory trip yourself. Where were you? What were you doing? Where were you working? How many of you were not believers in 1999? Let me see your hands. Wow. Look at what God's done. See, memories. So that's what Paul does. He goes back 11 years ago. How did that church in Greece get started? And it begins to bring great, great memories to him. And because of that, he thanks God. Notice in that verse, he says, Every time I think or I remember you. You want to write this down. Memories are more about people than places or things. We enjoy places, we enjoy things, we enjoy traveling. I love to travel, see all kind of new things all over the world. But really, memories, bottom line, are about people. See, Paul had to stop, and he began to reflect on those joyful memories. We've been finishing the book of 2 Timothy, and Paul talks about, as he's getting ready, surely to have his head chopped off, All he talks about is people that he met on the road of life and how valuable that was. You see, we know life is really about three things. God, people, and time. God, people, and time. That's what our memories need to be about. How we spend our time, how God is using us, and the people that we're involved with as friends, and of course the unbelievers that well. So you can see Paul with a smile on his face as he and Timothy, in this cold, dirty dungeon, they're thinking of all the things that God did. And as they begin to think about that, joy comes to their face, and it comes to their heart. Write this down. Joy and memories go together. Joy, which is related to what God is doing in our life and has done in our life, they simply go together. And then Paul says this, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. He expresses a personal relationship that he still has with God. You see, our memories should lead us to give thanks to God. God's the one orchestrating all of our lives. The steps of a righteous man and woman are ordered by the Lord. So every time God brought these people at the church of Philippi to Paul's mind, he would stop and give thanks to God. 
Paul knew that God was the one that as he was on this second missionary journey, Paul wanted to go this way. God closed the door. Paul wanted to go this way. God closed the door. And God says, no, you're going to Europe. So God says, no, no, yes. Paul gave thanks. Because when he went to Europe, you'll see today, first convert in all of Europe. The first church in all of Europe. Because God orchestrated a person who had been seeking to find out who God was. That's the way God works. So without God's leading, he would have never gone to Europe and then wouldn't have had any of the memories we're talking about here. So the next thing you want to write is this. Joy, memories, and thankfulness to God, they go together. You see, our memories especially when you've now become a Christ follower, have to do with what God's doing in and through your life. Now, what memories flooded Paul's mind? What was he thinking about? Well, I already told you, our memories should really be about God and people. So let's turn to Acts chapter 16, and let's get down to verse 13. And we're going to take a little trip down memory lane, 11 years in the past. Remember, Paul's in jail, chained to Roman guards, and he has these great memories. Verse 13 says, On the Sabbath, we, remember it's Paul and Timothy and Silas and Luke that are together. He says, On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, and we expected to find a place of prayer. And we sat down, And began to speak to the women who had gathered there. Now we learn because you have to have ten Jewish men in a city to form a synagogue. Well, there weren't ten Jewish men. There's basically all pagans in Europe. And so Paul discovered some women who had been praying and they were down by the river. God led Paul to people who were searching for God. And he had amazing memories how God directed him to the right place where here there were people seeking. Understand God's heart is for lost people. And he knows how to direct us. Paul didn't go there. He didn't go to Philippi to take a greyhound tour of Philippi. He went there to meet people. But he doesn't know a soul in that town. How will he find out? God directed him to the river, and you're going to see he meets a lady. Look at verse 14. Now, one of those women listening was named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Tyre, up in Asia, the old Turkey area. Notice these words. Who was a worshiper of God. Lydia was a, a well-to-do merchant. She sold fabric, dyed in this purple kind of royalty, and she was very, very wealthy. And she evidently up there in Turkey had turned from pagan idolatry to the worship of the God of Israel, the one true God. But that's it. She didn't know anymore. She was a worshiper of God, but she didn't know anything about Jesus. Today we learned about the relationship between joy and our memories. Pastor Mark reminded us that in the Bible, joy is a deep, settled confidence. 
that God's in control of every aspect of our lives. We found out that the Apostle Paul's joy stemmed in part from remembering all of the people God had led him to and their subsequent conversion and the fellowship that followed. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, we'll continue the teaching, Thanks for the Memories. Pastor Mark will tell us more of the Apostle Paul's first visit to Philippi and how God had led him to people who were seeking a deeper relationship with him. We'll be reminded that true joy is more about people than places and things, and the importance of being the people God wants us to be. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Contagious, Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.